Hi, I'm Sally Prosser. Welcome to That Voice Podcast. Speaking with confidence and soul is the best way to strengthen your relationships, grow your business, and truly express who you are. I've helped hundreds of beautiful people break through fears, produce resonant voices, craft killer speeches, and get out there on stage or online to amplify their message. Let's drop the mic on today's episode. I am extra excited to bring you this week's episode. I am chatting with my friend, my colleague, my mentee, an all-round fabulous, amazing human being. I'm talking about Annalise McCarthy, better known as Her Speaking Coach. Annalise first reached out to me back in 2020 because we both have a similar background in speech and drama teaching, and she wrote me the most adorable email. She actually reads part of it in the episode, basically reaching out to say, hey, we've got similar backgrounds. I love what you're doing. Do you reckon I could do something like that too? To which I was like, hell yes, you can. And I'm so glad that Annie reached out. We've become great friends and I'm honestly so proud of her. The way she shows up online and the incredible results she's getting with her clients. Oh, drum roll. I thought it's about bloody time we did an event together. So if you are in Brisbane or can get to Brisbane on Thursday, October 26th, and you're a woman, whether you're a professional or have your own business, you've got to be in this room. The event is called Own the Room, and we're going to give you the skills to be able to feel confident in your own skin and like you not only belong in any room you walk into, you carry a presence, a vibe, and of course, you speak in a way that people truly listen to. We are creating a really relaxed atmosphere, totally designed for you. Even if you're coming alone, it's going to be fabulous. And the room only holds so many. So do not sleep on this. The link to get tickets is in the show notes. And if you are not already running to the checkout now, believe me, you will be by the end of this episode. You'll hear the story of how we met. The key to Annie doing an interstate move stress-free. Like what? How the joy has been taken out of public speaking and what we've done to bring it back. And of course, you'll get a little sneak peek into how you can own the room using your mind, body and voice. You've got to be at our event in Brisbane to get all the goodness. This conversation is the next best thing. Annalise McCarthy, it's been far too long. Welcome to That Voice Podcast. Thank you for having me, Sally. I'm so excited to be here. Especially on the same week that you've moved interstate. How is it going in Melbourne? Mm -hmm. It is going unbelievably well. Better than I thought it would. I actually was talking to my friend a few days ago and I was saying to her how I felt so calm through the whole moving process, which is unlike me because I have anxiety. I have since I was a kid. And I think everybody can agree the moving process is very stressful. It's not exactly a chill as a cucumber time. But I was chatting with my friend the other day and I had this realization, I hope you don't mind me sharing this with you, where I thought, you know what? The reason I've been so calm through this whole process actually has nothing to do with the move. It has nothing to do with the new apartment. It has nothing to do with the new city. I feel like I am at home within myself. So I've recognized no matter what's happening in my external world, internally, I feel so at home and so at peace. And I think because of that, 
this everything's just fallen into place this week. Oh, oh, Annie, that is so beautiful. It's been one of my mantras too, you know, the way I feel about myself is based on internal trust, not external validation. And, you know, yes. when you can find that inner peace, oh, I'm so proud. We met like three years ago. It was. It was the beginning of COVID. It was actually, I have got it here. It was April 29th, 2020 was the first time I contacted you. You sent me this beautiful email and I can't believe you still have it. I don't think I have it in my search. So I'm glad that you found it. I want to share with everybody because I feel like I, you know, I will always be a massive Sally Prosser fan and forever and always. I think you're phenomenal and you know that I think that of you. But this email is so special because I think it really demonstrates how we were very much on a similar path. I remember when I found your page and I thought, oh my goodness, like this woman is doing exactly what I want to be doing. So the email says, hi, Sally. I hope you're doing well. Crazy times we are in. My name is Annalise McCarthy. I'm 21 years of age and I'm a fellow speech and drama teacher based in Sydney. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. From a young age, I've had a burning passion for public speaking and I'm hopeful to set up my own business someday. I find your presence in the public speaking community incredibly refreshing and personable. There is so much I can learn from you. Blah, 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 blah. I understand you're incredibly busy. Blah, 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 blah. I would be honored to learn from you and work under someone like yourself. I completely understand if you're unable to commit to this. However, I'd be appreciative of any guidance you have from a fellow spoken word lover, Annalise McCarthy. (laughs) Oh, and I am so glad you sent that email. And you literally responded the next morning. Annie, it was such a beautiful email to get. And to see what you have done in that time is just phenomenal. You are so natural on camera. You've built such a great business. Your audience is so engaged. You know, it's so beautiful to hear people who don't know that we know each other say to me, oh, Sal, you know, there's this girl called Annalise McCarthy, her speaking coach. (laughs) And, um, you know, some of her videos remind me a bit of you. (laughs) And like, have you seen her? I'm like, have I seen her? Absolutely. She is amazing. I think this is the thing that a lot of people don't know about our journey. You literally mentored me for a really long period of time. It was about two years there, Sal, where we were on and off seeing each other on Zoom every now and again. And that was so foundational for me, I think, because first and foremost, coming from, and you would identify with this, Coming from a background being a speech and drama teacher, that's all I knew. So that was my identity. And with that came a lot of limitations and a lot of limiting beliefs as to what I could and couldn't do. And the public speaking world, in essence, is quite traditional. So being a female, being a young female, being, I mean, I think I'm quite funny, but having a bit of a bold, zesty, bright personality Bringing that into my business, let alone onto social media, was really challenging for me. And to have a role model like you who was out there doing it, I'd watched all your videos on TikTok. I was loving bringing in your newscast, like background and your broadcasting voice. And you made it fun. And I think that was something I was so bloody inspired by because I was like, this is what speaking needs to be. It needs to be fun. It needs to be empowering. It needs to be something that doesn't terrify the crap out of people because I'm so sick and tired of this stigma where public speaking is something that we all essentially need to do at one point in our life, but most people just avoid it like the plague. So to see someone like 
yourself going out there and creating such a positive association and imagery around it, I think was so monumental for me because it made me believe, well, if Sally can do it, I can too. So I genuinely owe a lot of that to you, Sal. It, it meant a lot to have a role model like that. Oh, I'm honestly so, so proud. And and I'm a big believer in it as well. I feel like a lot of the joy has been taken out of speaking. This is why I do silly stuff like talking to my hairbrush as a microphone. And even with the work I do, a lot of it is around that sacral chakra area, which is the joy and the excitement, you know, because a lot of people don't like public speaking because they've got no memories of joy with mm. it in their lives. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's so true. Like so many of our first references of speaking are really negative ones. So there's a reason why we don't have a positive association with it. I remember like my first references of speaking were horrible. I hated speaking growing up. I had a lisp, like it was, I, I'd fainted in one of my first public speaking competitions. No! So, I know, genuinely. I think, I think we have it on the home video somewhere with my dad's hand like shaking on the camera recorder. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's not something we all warm to. And I think that's why platforms like ours are so important, let alone why it's so important we've combined forces, because it's also a reminder that businesses can collaborate on things like this and don't have to be in competition, which is another thing I love about working with you yes. and creating such a safe space for this to be able to grow. Yeah. Amateurs compete, professionals create. There are a lot more voices in the world than voice coaches. So how did you go from having a lisp, literally fainting on stage to now having a thriving business teaching people how to speak? Yeah, it's a massive question. And it's, it's one that I get asked a lot because naturally when people find my story online and they learn about how I grew up with quite a fear of public speaking and I had a lot of social anxiety, it's quite ironic now that I teach what I used to be so fearful of. I think the biggest thing for me was that I had a lot of mentors as a child that really kicked the fear out of me. I got pushed into speech therapy at a young age, which forced me to learn a lot about the phonetic alphabet and tongue twisters and how to pronounce my words correctly and pitch and pace and pause and all those (laughs) juicy elements that we learn about. But then I explored the world of drama where I started to really build my confidence in characterization and this whole concept of being able to become somebody completely different on stage. And I almost found it like an escapism. So when I started public speaking and I was doing a lot more competitions, I started debating. I almost found as a young girl, it was really helpful for me to imagine stepping into a character and playing this part. However, as I grew older, I realized now that was actually quite detrimental because I then went into the workforce with a lot of imposter syndrome and it really crippled my confidence because I always felt like I I wasn't the person they hired. It was always the version of me that I positioned myself as that they thought was me. Does that resonate? So I had done public speaking all through school. I was public speaking captain, absolute nerd. I'd gone to America <laughs> to represent Australia in the world championships of public speaking absolute nerd. And then when I came back and it was time for me to start uni, there was no university degree in public speaking to my dismay. And I'd had a lot of my mentors at the time who would tell me, gosh, Annalise, you're a great debater. You would make an amazing lawyer. Oh God, you'd be a formidable barrister. Oh, you'd make such a great solicitor. And so, and I know this is where we also share a similarity, Sally, is I went into law and I studied a double bachelor of law and Mandarin for five years. And That was such an interesting journey for me. And I truly believe this. I don't regret doing that degree. However, it was five years I pursued purely out of ego because I also know that even the first year of doing law, I knew I didn't want to be a lawyer. 
there was no part of me that did the degree because I wanted to become a solicitor or a barrister. I just knew that wasn't something that was going to be for me. So when COVID happened and I'd reached out to you and I'd sent that email, that was, that email was such a big deal for me, Sally, sending you that. And I remember where I was when I sent it. I was living with my mum because I was meant to be in China at the time. Mm. I had a 12-month exchange in China I was supposed to fly to and, and study abroad for the year. That didn't happen. My parents had just divorced, so my parents were living separately, and I had a horrible relationship with my mum at the time. And so I was staying in her apartment before you know, finding somewhere to live. And I remember sending you this email almost out of desperation, seeing what you'd created, being like, gosh, I want so desperately to be able to do this skill set that I know that I have to work with women, which I love, and to be able to empower people to learn how to use their voice for better. But I had no clue on the steps of how to get there. The business world, the admin world, the marketing world, the finance world, it was all so big and scary to me. And so that's why I reiterate having you as a, as a mentor, as a friend, as a comrade so early in my journey. You literally, Sally, you are one of the reasons I started my business. So it was so monumental and so significant and meaningful for me to have had you in my life at that stage because you were always the ear of support that I needed that told me you can do it when everybody else in my circle was so confused as to why I wasn't becoming a lawyer and was so confused as to why I was starting my own business and putting all my savings down the drain into Kajabi subscriptions and all these <laughs> crazy things, right? So yeah, I guess that's, that's a little bit as, as to how I started. And I'm so, so grateful I did because now I feel incredibly honored to be doing this work. And it's something that f completely fulfills me and my heart and soul. Oh, it's so great. Now you're in the land of business. You realize no one really knows what they're doing. Everyone just <laughs> finds somebody who's done it before and says, hey, you know, give this a try. It's so true. You work a lot with women who are in corporate and they're feeling unsure about themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's quite an epidemic. I think women, particularly who are in kind of lower level or emerging leadership roles, there are so many barriers that they have to push past in order to feel like they belong in the corporate environment. But when it comes to actually speaking up at work and allowing your voice to be heard, it's so challenging. And as somebody who worked in corporate, I worked in real estate, I obviously worked in law for a long time, like that experience of being a young, intelligent woman, knowing her shit, being confident, Yet when push comes to shove, not being able to speak, not being able to articulate my words, that was really jarring for me because I would go home thinking, hang on, Annalise, you're such a confident woman. Why, why is this happening? And this is what I now see with so many of the women that I work with. And one of the biggest themes I find with women in corporate is this fear of being seen and heard. And I'm sure, Sally, you've experienced this with your clients as well. When we are afraid to speak up, when we have a fear of judgment, when we compare ourselves to people, when we're a perfectionist, when we're a people pleaser, all these different barriers and labels that we place on ourselves, they create a really difficult dynamic for you to identify yourself as somebody who adds value, as somebody whose voice deserves to be heard, as somebody who is intelligent, as somebody who is competent, we buy into the habits of who we are and those habits are so often constructed through our limiting beliefs. So a lot of that primary work is actually redefining your identity. And it's a lot of, like, I love the quote, you are not who you are, you are who you've learned to be. And it's really that notion of who we are and our, our beliefs, you know, I love that saying our BS, our belief systems is 
what we have learned over time. And with the women that I work with, they can sometimes be so ingrained that we don't even recognize that they're there. And that's why this work is so unbelievably important to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's that speaking story, that programming. Mm -hmm. Another common one, which I have seen a lot this week, I'm sure you find the same with your clients. Often something comes up and then it's like the theme of the week. Everybody yes. seems to yes, yes. Literally, going on. Actually, ju just on that, that's crazy. Literally about two months ago, you might have seen on my Instagram, it was like pay rise week where I had like four or five clients of mine that were all talking about pay negotiations, all about, and I was like, what? It's the energy of pay rises. Like it just was like a snowball effect. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So the theme of my week has been around the uh, needing pain for reward. So it means I can't celebrate myself unless there's all the, these conditions placed around celebrating this idea of, and I don't deserve to celebrate myself unless I've sufficiently beat myself up after the speech, yeah, <laughs> or, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's just recognizing these stories and then changing them. So yes, we're very much on, on the, the same page with this kind of thing. So our event, which I'm so excited about, yes. October 26th in Woo! my hometown, Brisbane, so excited. It's called Own the Room. So how can women own the room? I mean, come to the event. We might just share a couple of things here today. Buy, buy your tickets. Uh, well, firstly, I want to say genuinely, I'm so freaking excited for this event, mainly because I know your energy, Sal, and you know my energy. And I, I can only imagine, I can only visualize what this event will feel like being in that room with our forces combined because we are both such dynamic and energetic individuals and we're both speech and drama backgrounds. We're both drama queens. I just, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for everything that we have in store. <laughs> but back to your brilliant question, how do you own the room? I'm going to give a little snippet answer here because I know that people that come to the event would, would love to be immersed and, and learn fully there. But I, when I think about what makes a masterful speaker and when I think about what makes a really confident speaker, I often think about three categories. I think about your mindset, your voice, and your body. So I'll share kind of a little snippet from each. So first on your mindset, I'm sure you'd agree with me here, Sally. When you want to own the room, you need to believe that you deserve to own the room. And I know that sounds so self-explanatory, but the reality is you could have all the tools in the toolbox to speak confidently. But if you don't believe that you deserve to talk in that room, if you don't believe that your voice is valued, if you don't believe that you are intelligent, competent, bubbly, zestful, whatever description you want to use, if you don't believe internally to your core that you have the capability to own that room, you're not going to own it. So first and foremost, it's that belief of I can do this. And when we come into the voice, the first most primary thing that people can do, particularly women can do, often when we don't believe that we can own a room and we don't believe that we deserve to speak in front of people, whatever the belief might be, it makes us very small. And we don't realize that this happens, but our voice becomes very small. And so the really small thing that you can start to change in your voice is actually just projecting your voice more. So using your breath to push your voice forward, because when we communicate with a softer voice, it normally implies, I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be heard. Whereas when we project loudly and proudly, obviously we're not shouting at people, but we're projecting our voice clearly. It immediately communicates so much more confidence because it's giving that impression of, 
I'm happy to share. I'm happy to be here. I feel alive. I feel aligned. And I know that what I'm going to say is going to resonate with you. And there's such a power in owning your voice in that way. Would you agree with that, Sally? What you're so beautifully demonstrating here is you're using strong hand gestures. So your hands will help the voice carry out as well. And also dropping the jaw. Like it's crazy that one of the best things you can do when you speak is to open your mouth wider. Uh, it makes such a difference. And yeah, absolutely. You know, our voice, it's such a great diagnostic tool for where we are in our life. And if we are wanting to retreat, that voice will retreat. Mm. The air will go backwards. The tone will go backwards. So by putting that forward, we get that feedback loop that we are somebody who deserves to be heard. Yeah, Absolutely. The voice that you have, that I have, that everybody has is so unbelievably, beautifully unique. Like your voice, Sally, nobody else has that voice, which I know, you know, nobody else has my voice. Like that's, that in essence is why I love this work so much is every single person I work with is different to the next because they have a different voice. And I think it's one of the great shames in our society. And I think in the early associations with professional public speaking, there became this norm that you should speak and sound the same as the next person. And I think that that's a real injustice. It's a real injustice to individual stories, to individual narratives, to individual, what's the word I'm looking for? Expression. When you express yourself authentically in a way that is you, nobody can take that away from you. And when you have a fear of listening to your voice on recording or you don't like the sound of your own voice that's okay but also that's what's exciting because it can be changed you can learn to fall in love with your voice because your voice is your greatest tool your greatest asset oh hell yes and here's the thing a lot of people who don't like the sound of their voice are speaking in a way that isn't their true voice yes. you know we'll do some we'll do some exercises at the event but when you can get into your body and you can hear the beautiful resonance that is your true voice and I'll share a bit of tough love here. If you want to create harmony in the world and you are not using your voice, you are doing the world a disservice because as you mentioned, each one of us has our own unique frequency. And if we want to play our part to create harmony in the world, we have to use our voice. So not using our voice is like we're ripping out a piano key in the piano of the world. So if you feel like there is discord in the world, one of the easiest things you can do is share your voice. Like, I could not agree more with that, Sally. Like, I often say, often the, the women that I work with have obviously this, this fear to speak up, this fear to be heard. And speaking of tough love, one of the things I often say is, well, that's really selfish of you. And they'll mm. go, what? Mm. What do you mean? And I'll go, well, that's, it's a shame because your contribution could actually really positively impact the company. Yeah, get your off Mimi Island. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And it's, it, it is tough love, but the reality is it's not always about you. And that's one of the things I had to learn when I started my journey. And I had a massive fear of showing up on social media. And I will just preface, I have all of my old posts still there. And I often encourage people, scroll back to day one. Look, look at her. You can me see too, how, exactly, yeah. you can see the difference, how insecure I was, how unsure of myself I was. I wore blazers in every video for crying out loud. Like I, I didn't feel confident in myself and I was still so fearful of that judgment. And I now think back and I think, you know what, Annalise, I'm so proud of you for showing up because despite 
it wasn't how I would have liked to have shown up. We only know that in hindsight. You can only connect the dots looking back, right? I'm so proud of myself that I did because I recognized it's not about me. It's about the people I'm showing up for. And I think that's exactly what you do brilliantly, Sal, with your content. And that's exactly what people who invest in this work, they recognize this is scaring the hell out of me. This is something I don't really want to pay for and I don't really want to do, but I'm going to because I recognize this is a skill that I need to work on because this is so much bigger than me. And that's why I have so much admiration for the women that I work with that choose to commit to coaching and show up and do the work because I know it's not comfortable and I know it's the number one fear in the world and I know that it makes people crawl and and feel anxious and insecure. But just like any skill, you start out horribly. God knows, like I did when I started learning to bike ride and I fell on my face a million times. Oh, I still can't ride a bike. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that about you, Sal. I love that about you. But the more that you practice it, obviously, the better you're going to get at it. Mm. So I feel like this event that we have coming up is the perfect opportunity to be in a room where you are encouraged in a safe, energetic, supportive environment to step out of your comfort zone and learn those essential skills to own your voice and own the room. 100%. So just to round it out, the third part is the the body. And this is why both of us enjoy the dance because getting into our body, people talk about a lot of my clients, yours would too, say, "I'm, I'm stuck in my head. I need to get out of my head. Yep. And it's like, well, if you get out of your head, where are you going to go? Then this is the thing, out of your head and into your body. You can't see us right now, but we're both grooving. <laughs> Annalise yeah. more effectively than me. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely, Sal. And I, I think that it's, it's such a powerful mantra because it reminds us that often when we do speak, we think so much on what we're saying and we get very caught up in our head and we overthink and often we get so stuck up here. And the reality is one of the best things you can do is actually release all of that and get tapped into your body. And I know that's something with your soul work and the chakras work that you're doing, you're able to tap into that on a much deeper level, which is so beautiful. But one of the things that I do, it should come as no surprise if you know my content, is I get my clients to boogie. And if you come to a workshop of mine, we will boogie. And what the boogie is, is essentially dancing. And I often say, we don't as a society have a fear of public speaking. I do, genuinely, I don't think fear of public speaking is a thing. I think it's fear of judgment because we speak all the time. We speak every single day. We speak to strangers. It, it, it happens. But when we're placed in front of a group of people, suddenly we freeze. We overthink. We get mental blanks. We get sweaty palms. We get fast heart rate, knees weak, arms heavy, mum spaghetti, right? All that starts to happen. <laughs> and so what we need to do in those moments is actually recognize, all right, well, if fear of judgment is the main thing that I need to work on, what better way than to learn to dance in my own company and allow my body to move freely and not judge myself for that? And that for me personally, before I even introduced it to my clients, was absolutely transformative. I started doing it during COVID. And my backstory with this is my sister, one of my sisters, Georgia, phenomenal dancer, growing up, Triple threat, singer, dancer, actor. So I always was like, oh, yeah, well, George is the dancer, not me, not me. So I subconsciously, without knowing, grew up my whole life with this belief of Annalise is a bad dancer. Annalise can't dance. Annalise has two left feet. And because I'm quite comical and I use a lot of self-deprecating humor, as a young adult, I would buy into that a lot and I'd make fun of myself that I couldn't dance. And so this then became this thing for me of I'm a bad dancer. I can't move my body. I'm awkward. 
And so when COVID happened and I couldn't see anybody and I was stuck in my own environment, for whatever weird reason, I started dancing in my apartment and I started busting a move when I was doing the laundry and vacuuming the floors and it felt really good. And then I started actually doing some research on this and I started looking at the science of moving the body, as I'm sure you'd be well aware with Sal. And what's interesting is that you get like those endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, all the feel-good, happy chemicals make your body feel really good. And I often say, I've rarely seen someone dance with a sad face. Like, you imagine like, <laughs> like doing disco fever crying? No, like you can't help but giggle a little bit and feel a bit silly when you're moving your body. So what's actually really interesting is if you dance or if you move and you connect with your body in some way, before speaking, you are far more likely to get out of your head and into your body, like you just said, Sal, because you're so much more connected to your breath, you're so much more connected to your body, and you're so much more connected to the positive feel-good hormones rather than the negative, catastrophizing, stress-inducing cortisol hormones. Yes, yes, yes. It's where so much transformative work is done. And if you are listening to this and thinking, oh, I was going to sign up for this event, but God, <laughs> if, I have to, if I have to dance, then I'm out. Rest assured, it's fine. You know, if you even want to move a little bit, it's okay. Like no one's going to be dragged up the front. Yeah. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. we'll see if you're up for it. Um, but please come along to this event. It's six to nine o'clock at night so after work hours i truly believe that attending events like this and i've attended a, a lot of events to work on skill sets that i felt insecure about i think it's the greatest investment that you could ever make you're going to be uncomfortable that's expected that's natural let's not kid ourselves if you're somebody who feels insecure a little bit awkward or uncomfortable going to social events that's okay because you're going to an environment where we're going to greet you with the biggest juiciest squishiest hug and you're going to be in a room filled with phenomenal women who are going to inspire the hell out of you. And we're going to have a really good time. I think that's the thing that I love about working with you, Sal, is we make speaking fun. We make it enjoyable. And I've heard literally from so many women I've worked with who have gone to a Toastmasters event or whatever it might be, who had the worst time. It was so intimidating. They felt so isolated and they left feeling more disempowered than when they walked in the room. If there's one thing I can guarantee with attending this event it's that you will leave a different person to the, how you walked in because the energy and the motivation and the tools that we equip you with will genuinely teach you how to own the room, how to own your voice, how to own your body and how to step into that woman that you really crave to be. So if that's of interest to you and if that sounds like a hell of a good time, then don't sleep on these tickets because we are so excited to have you and we are so excited to welcome you to this event. And I can't wait to host it with you, Sally, because I know it's going to be an absolute blast. Love it. Oh, Annalise, you know I love you so much. I'm so proud of you to call you a friend, to call you a colleague, and now to be a co-presenter with you. I I promise the whole event won't just be mutual fangirling, but there is going to be a bit of it. There will definitely be a bit of it. So just prepare for that. No, Sally, I really appreciate it. And coming on the podcast, being able to share this space with you, being able to tell our story together is so, so special and so powerful for me. This is really, really beautiful. So thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute blast and I can't wait for October. 
Thanks for listening to That Voice Podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it on social media or DM me at That Voice Podcast and at Sally Frosser Voice on Instagram. And for episode details straight to your inbox, leave your email at www.thatvoicepodcast.com.